Uh, yeah, so... Wait, alright. Your question. So what if they... <laughs> it's late. I just put my kid to play once. <laughs> Welcome back to Fun Sexy Bible Time. We are coming to you on a late night podcast with me now, Rich Daddy. How you doing? Coming in hot. Coming in hot, Rich Daddy. We had a guy in uh, Christian college. I called him Praise Bros. Mm-hmm. And uh, like he would go around, every time he saw you, he would call you by your first name and then Daddy at the end of it. So. Ooh. I've, I've known a few of those, yeah. That's a Daddy-O. Yeah. That's a... Yeah, rich daddy, rich daddy. How you doing tonight? I'm I'm doing well. Kids asleep. House is in order. Mm-hmm. Podcast is live. This is this is how sexy this situation is. We've got two two dads who couldn't even do this podcast until we put our kids to bed, <laughs> and it is now ten o'clock at night. We had to wait for the house to get quiet so we could we could tackle the pressing theological concerns of the day. Yeah, I'm creeping into the, the dark recesses of the night. Mm-hmm. To shout outs. We cannot do cannot do a podcast with Rich Cook without some shout outs. I gotta shout out Rich Cook. Alright. We tend to we tend to shout out random listeners on this podcast. I made a grave mistake. We shouted out a listener last podcast, but we didn't in fact give him a nickname. Oh no. So I'm I'm bring, I'm busting out a nickname. I need you to I need you to join with me in agreement on this one. Okay. Random listener, Jonathan Simino. Last name mm-hmm. Simino. I'm busting out the nickname Simonasty. Ooh, Simonasty. I like that one. Simonasty. The first place my head went was Simino, Simiyes. <laughs> Simi yeah. <laughs> But uh, Simonasty has a similar <laughs> ring to it. I think the uh, the nickname we did before that was uh, we had a listener, Bethany Perkins, and we nicknamed her Perk City. Perk City. And again, my head goes to Percocet. Um, there are but... no Percocets allowed in Perk City. I could be wrong, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. Recreational drug use is not encouraged. In Perk City, we only get high on Jesus. It's the perks. It's the perks of Perk City. Also going to throw out a random shout out to the worship minister at my church, Bruce. He had a Christian band in the, I'm going to say early 90s, and he found a cassette tape of this band where they were doing a concert in a coffee shop, and he played it for me. And I would just like to say I'm Fun Sexy Bible Time. It was incredible. And I'm Mm. trying to get him to reunite the band Holy Smoke. (laughs) to come on fun sexy bible time not smokes the, no. the plural was taken no. <laughs> Just no. holy smoke. I, actually, I actually had that was a point of contention i was like <laughs> is the name of the band holy smokes or is it holy smoke because i feel like that one s could really change a lot of things it does no i can't it's a tough thing to get over when you hear just the smoke you want you want to pluralize it mm-hmm. and then you start like what are the implications of the holy smoke I feel like if we could reunite Holy Smoke, I don't think it's out of the question that they could open for Switchfoot. Are they similar sound or just 
on the mere fact of how cool they are. I think it's fair to say that Switchfoot uh, borrowed heavily from the pioneering sounds of Holy Smoke. I see, I see. So, shout out to you, Bruce, lead singer of Holy Smoke. What you got for me, Rich? You got a shout out? Give a a shout out to uh, Back to School Photos on Facebook. Nice. Yeah, uh, because it's a it's a strange thing. Not less than ten years ago, back to school photos were something that your mom took on a on a camera, and uh, you know, depending on how on top of it your mom was, developed either that day or six months later, and then they would again, depending on how organized your mom was, either go in a shoebox or in an album, and they would only ever be seen by immediate family members and your potential spouse to be. And now we've entered this brave new world, this era where every single person's every single grade level back to school photo is immediately posted to the internet for all of posterity to see. And I don't I don't know. I have no I have no thoughts or opinions on the implications of this. I just think it's it's a fascinating uh, study in in what what's going on in the world. I have, I have some thoughts on it. I think I'm just waiting for the one parent who's ready to take it to the next level and post a picture of their kids on every single day of school for the, for the entire school year. Yeah. I mean, where's the commitment? Can, can you not just be committed to doing the whole year? Follow through every day of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, why, why quit after day one? I need to know <laughs> what your kid looks like every single day they go to school. Uh, I mean, which some people's Facebook profile is basically that. So, I don't know. <laughs> were there were there back to school photos for homeschool? Is that something that exists? Uh, is that a thing? I don't really remember doing back to school photos when I was homeschooled. We definitely wouldn't have put them on Facebook sure. because that the school board could see, and they would have came with a SWAT team to take us away. Mm. Um. Because well, so all those photos that you do post of your of you and your siblings, like where you're in like matching Canadian tuxedos, uh, <laughs> are there? What are those photos for? Is that just a? Uh, those are just like old. I mean, photos that we never showed anybody. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could have been first day of school. Could have been last day of school. Could have been Christmas vacation. Who knows? Who's to say? <laughs> hey, the homeschool life is just one big blur. You know, there's as the as the saying goes, Rich Cook, there is no off position on the homeschool switch. <laughs> that's true, and you don't really begin or end a school year ever, right? So I mean, that's it's just going. You're just it's, you're learning with life. Mm, yeah. Hey, shout out to Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ooh, I agree. Underrated cereal. <laughs> underrated? Yeah. I mean, my ratings have always been. 10 stars but mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's, it's a solid one it doesn't tear up the roof of your mouth that's like a lot exactly of those... right it doesn't do the Captain Crunch thing where it like, <sighs> razor blades the, mm-hmm. the skin on the roof of your mouth just a solid sugary smooth breakfast cereal mm-hmm. uh, another, a similar type cereal I don't know I can't ever figure out the distribution of this thing but there was a cereal and I hope I haven't brought this up somewhere else but Called muffin tops. Muffin tops. 
and it was very similar in its shape and texture to Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but it tasted like muffins. Like, I think there was blueberry and maybe another flavor. And right around the time that the phrase muffin topping became, like, derogatory towards women, uh, they pulled it off the shelves. But I bought, like, 20 boxes when it was, like, this is going out of, out of stock. And so I stockpiled it for a while, but it didn't last me very long. But that was, that was hands down my favorite mm. off-brand cereal for a long time. Yeah, let's not forget the offshoot of that, Kankles. <laughs> what would Kankles taste like? Uh, regret? I don't, I don't, I don't. Oh. I mean, guys can have Kankles, too. That's not a... That's not no, a, no, it's not as... <laughs> hey, perfect. Speaking That's of perfection. Kankles. Sure. Speaking of cankles, mm-hmm. it's time for us to confront the one issue that Christianity has been hiding from for far too long, Rich Cook. Mm. And that is, of course, can the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles become Christians? Let's get into it. Let's do it. What are your initial, what's your initial gut reaction? So my initial gut reaction is that there is a type of faith expressed in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're somewhat uh, Eastern in their beliefs. I mean, they're ninjas and they have a sensei and there is some talk of like meditation and Zen uh, but also they've got that, you know, that California surfer slang, the cowabunga and whatnot. So I, I sense a little bit of new aginess. So it's like mm. taking some of those Zen Buddhist ideas and mixing them with whatever the flavor of the week is. So I, I think that there is a religion to the turtles. Uh, and so if ergo, if they have souls and a religion to start with, then yes, they can be converted, and it would be efficacious, shall we, shall we say. First of all, you did not forewarn me that you would be busting out the ergo <laughs> on this podcast. I was not prepared for that. Ergo vis-a-vis. <laughs> I, I tend to agree with you, because if they have the capacity for pagan belief... How could they Correct. not have the capacity for true theology? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's where the brain goes. But, but I mean, I'm assuming... So I, what I did in my argument was assume that they had souls because of that. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the real sticking point of the whole argument, is do they have souls? Okay. So let's get into that. I put this out on, on the Fun Sexy Bible Time Twitter account um, in a poll... And uh, overwhelmingly, the the poll vote was, yes, they can, in fact, become Christians. But one comment in particular, um, one dissenting opinion from Ryan McLaughlin, no, they cannot. Their human qualities came from ooze, not breath of God. Mm. Too similar to the Nephilim in that way. (laughs) That's a high-quality comment right there. uh, There's a lot of layers to that comment. Okay, so... 
I'm going to take devil's advocate. I'm going to take Ryan's position here. Mm-hmm. Saying that, no, they cannot. Is it possible that they could, in fact, be the Nephilim? Nephilim? Mm. But in previous episodes of this particular podcast, we've <laughs> <laughs> established that the Nephilim are, are angels from heaven. Listen, so, since when since when do we have to be consistent on this podcast? How dare you? This podcast has no internal logic. Okay. Okay. I forgot about that point. All right. So <laughs> working on the hypothesis that they are in fact the Nephilim. Nephilim Nephilim? I have no, no. idea what the pronunciation yeah, is. Yeah. It's it's not English. It's Hebrew, so we'll just we'll just roll with it. Um <laughs> And this podcast comes crashing to a halt if we can't <laughs> if we can't pronounce Old Testament words correctly. We just start debating the proper pronunciation of words. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So wait. All right. Your question. So what if they? <laughs> it's late. I just put my kid to bed. What's... <clears throat> okay. I'm going to turn Ryan's comment on around on mm-hmm. itself. He says their human qualities came from ooze, not breath of God. Mm-hmm. What if what if this aforementioned ooze, what if this was angel DNA that was left over mm. from the from the intermarrying with earth women that formed the Nephilim? Where, <laughs> we are talking, of course, about angel just I was gonna say which orifice did that ooze come from? <laughs> Okay, so yeah, DNA, <laughs> transient properties of DNA being landing on turtles uh, and scrapping internal logic. We'll just go ahead. I, I, I like where we're headed with that. I like where heads are at. Uh, I think we've cracked it. <laughs> I don't know what we've come up with, but I think I'm just going to pivot into the next question. Yeah, let's, Which... let's quickly pivot. <laughs> Seamlessly transition away from Angel Jizz. Which of the four turtles you think would be most likely to become a Christian? Mm. All right, you start on this one. Well, you know, given given the historical tension between science and faith, it seems like you would rule Donatello out immediately. Mm-hmm. But I'm not so sure. I'm going to say Raphael, probably not. Too much, too much anger. I feel like he's, I feel like he's raging against his own interpretations of what God is and God, what God should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna throw a wild card out there. I think maybe Michelangelo, because he, he is probably the closest to faith like a child that the turtles have. He's he's my pick. I think Michelangelo yeah. is most likely to become a Christian. Okay. Okay. Uh yeah, and so I'll 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 take the the other wild card and, and go ahead and say that Donatello would be the one because he's thinking of of higher things. Mm. He's he's asking the big questions in life, whereas the Michelangelos of the troop are more concerned with with the the mundane day in and day out of of where to get the next pizza from and mm. yeah 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 or cool. Master Splinter possibly could be because he is he is the spiritual leader of the group and if he were to be converted i mean this is this is the classic missionary approach 
is to convert the leader and get the whole tribe. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I guess it depends, too, if, uh, which origin story we're working out of. If, if Master Splinter was human that was turned into a rat, or if mm. he was a rat that was mutated into a anthropomorphic rat. What's the what's the? Because now I'm I'm really not brushed up on my Ninja Turtle well, see, The problem was this stuff came out um, late '80s, early '90s when I was I, I I was not connected to pop culture back then. Sure, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, but that's the, my problem is like I didn't I watched those things originally late '80s, early '90s, and I haven't watched them since. And I've not I've I've refused to watch the new Michael Bay movies, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Well. <clears throat> so n- neither of us knows. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so, but if Master Splinter was a human originally, then absolutely he would be the first and possibly only convert. <laughs> mm. uh, and then we could. For Casey Jones. Casey Jones, yeah, and we've got the whole human contingent that we haven't even factored in here. April O'Neil could also, um, you know, put on some clothes and you know become a become a sister. I feel first of all, I'm going to ignore that <laughs> that slut shaming of April O'Neil. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Casey. I think Casey's got some thief on the cross potential. I think yeah. he's. I think he's. I think he's ready for faith. I think he's he's weary of the world. I think he's seen things. I think he's ready for I think he's ready for the gospel. I think his heart has mm-hmm. been primed by the Holy Spirit to accept the gospel. Okay. Does does the gospel extend to Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady? <clears throat> I mean, I think it would have to, and then therein lies the problem because then if the Ninja Turtles Ninja Turtles got saved Mm-hmm. Would they fight Shredder, or would they try to witness to him? I mean, what is their mm-hmm. what is their highest calling at that point? Mm-hmm. Would it become a holy war? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. These are questions that these are questions that need to be answered. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll um, maybe I'll take that to Twitter later and uh, tweet Tim Keller and see what he says. I think if anybody knows, it's him. Yeah. He lives on the mean streets in New York, so he might actually have more of an answer to that. And I hear he's got some free time on his hands lately, so. (laughs) All right. Segwaying gently from (laughs) Ninja Turtles to Tim Keller. Mm -hmm. One thing we wanted to talk about today is the concept of the culture of theologians. And nice. That might have been the smoothest transition you've ever actually completed. Well, that, I was that impressed. Bar is that bar really, really low. Like, right. No, I, I'm aware. <laughs> sort of the idea that um, Christianity has sort of in America sort of become really fixated and reliant on the opinions of theologians. And I wanted to sort of throw that out there and kick that around a little bit and say, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Where does that come from? Rich Cook, what do you think? All right, so here here's my response to this. Um, it's it's a yes and no, like most answers. I think there's a there's a yes portion and a no portion. That, that uh, I think that in some ways 
we are not shaped enough by theologians. And I'm my caveat, my uh, fine tip point on this is that it we don't focus enough on historical theologians. Uh, and I mean, going all the way back, I think that almost no Christians, no like you're the people that are just come to church on Sunday and that's, you know, not Bible college people, not seminary people, not pastors, but I'm don't have a, uh, enough of an understanding of like early church history, the early church fathers, that kind of stuff. Um, but even going, like, I realized that in my own ministry training, going through Bible college, going through seminary, I was only made to read Luther's 95 theses. And I think that Luther should be required reading for everybody. That should be the, you know, his his 100-page little treatise should be the uh, first thing you're handed after you pray the sinner's prayer. And I think that that, that would help a lot of <laughs> uh, a lot of the current theological debates, like just to have some awareness of where we came from, of what, you know, the first Christians kind of believed and agreed upon. Uh, what Luther was trying to do with the Reformation, uh, even understanding what Calvin actually said, and you know, for for Calvinists, for people that that ascribe to him, the things that they claim they believe and the things that Luther actually said and taught, or Calvin actually said and taught, that were kind of changed and adapted a little bit by his uh, followers. Hmm. So, I mean, that's that's probably a really arrogant approach to that but i would say i i think it would be a good thing for most christians to to study those guys a little more the problem the inherent problem lies in the pop the pop theology you got your your pastors on their blogs and on their podcasts and on their tweets and just putting stuff out there and you got the Christians who are who are handcuffed who can't you can't make decisions on their own without reading the think piece by their favorite <laughs> pop theologian and that's troubling that's troublesome that they don't yeah I don't know <laughs> you you I think I've said too much I'm, I'm digging myself a hole <laughs> well the thing it reminds me of is uh, for the book of first Corinthians uh, mm-hmm. in the Bible where Paul sort of I the think Bible. I, you're bringing the Bible into this. That's good. I yeah. know. I know. I, um, I think in a couple of places Paul references that you know there was a, there were divisions in Corinth of you know I follow I follow Paul I follow Apollos I follow you know Peter whoever it was. Um, that's you know that's that's what it reminds me of scripturally. It's sort of this thing where it's almost like you know we're known by what theologian we happen to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that that it makes me think of, and we talked about this on a, on a prior episode of of the podcast, but um, uh, John Piper, uh, mm-hmm. and you know he does his Ask Pastor John thing, mm-hmm. and uh, he's come out and said before, like he he gets so many questions from married Christian couples about sex, of like what's okay and what's not okay, and and that just like blows my mind that married Christian couples cannot figure things like that out on their own until they ask a theologian whom they've never met, is this okay? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, you've got the same Bible that he does. (laughs) 
Right. You know, like the Holy Spirit is not, you know, the Holy Spirit is there for everyone, not just important people. And I mean, that that shows, I mean, the magnitude of the problem, because we can't figure out what to do in our bedrooms <laughs> without asking a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to some degree, I mean, there's, I don't know, yeah, when you're, when you are a married in the eyes of God <laughs> Christian couple who's has a sex life, yeah, to, to need to invite your pastor into what you do there. And it makes it's, me wonder too, like if, if part of this isn't just that we've sort of written the Holy Spirit's role out of Christianity to mm-hmm. some degree, that like we've sort of had this wave of intellectual theology where it's like we need everything to be a formula we need to do this 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 and this and the holy spirit is just really hard to quantify um Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of times we just sort of write the holy spirit out because we want a biblical formula and then we don't leave any room for the holy spirit to lead us Sure. Yeah. And then there's the flip side of it, especially with bedroom questions where maybe there's an ulterior motive of the guy wanting like maybe maybe Pastor John will say we can do this thing that she says we can't do. (laughs) (laughs) Or vice versa to make it it a whole, you know, to make it equal opportunity offender. uh, Yeah, maybe maybe it's the other way around. I think what Rich is talking about, you know, Rich and I are pretty libertine guys. You know, we... Uh. I think what Rich is talking about is uh, when you get a little freaky and you want to break out this thing called the uh, the missionary position. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, are are lights on? You know, <laughs> uh, that joke fell so flat. I'm going to edit that out so quickly. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's perfect. It's a perfect joke. <laughs> I completely, I completely messed that one up. There's layers to it. It's it's solid. Uh, uh, continuing on. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Like that, that's just what it makes me think of too. Is just that you know, we become so formulaic that um, you know we don't want to, you know, we don't want to utilize the Holy Spirit. We, it's almost like we don't trust ourselves. Right. We don't. We don't. We don't trust ourselves to either interpret the Scripture on our own, or you know, just pray and ask God. I mean, it's not like you know, God can't speak to us. No, yeah, and we feel this compulsion. I mean, yeah, it's it's. I think I, I stand by what I said earlier about handcuffed. I mean, because it's once you've done that a couple of times, once you've said I'm going to defer to my, you know, this popular pastor that I like or respect, it becomes more and more easy to just keep going back to that well of like, well, I can't. Maybe I need to get advice on this, and maybe this needs to. And I mean that's not. I'm I'm trying not to talk out of both sides of my mouth because there's the other part of it where we do need to seek wisdom and counsel, wise counsel from those around us, from other believers. But I think that should happen in your local community and not necessarily on this strange national level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I'm not going to reply directly. I'm actually yeah. just going to research think pieces from different theologians and post them all to Facebook as soon as we get done with this. I think that's probably the best uh, course of action for what we're trying to do. 
you have to look. Sure. You have to look carefully because I'll be posting uh, hundreds of pictures of my children going to school. So you'll have to sort through the pictures to get the think pieces. So it'll just be child's face think piece, child's face think piece, Pe- peppered in between. What is your? What is? Um, I, I think I'm just going to start using you as a theologian, Rich Cook. Ooh. And anytime, please don't. Know, do my that. kids or my wife ask me something, I'm gonna say, I just don't know. I'm gonna have to ask. I'm gonna have to see what Rich Cook has to say. Yeah. Well, and so for the situations that we talked about earlier, where you just want to have your position affirmed, just tell me what you want to hear, <laughs> <laughs> and then you can go back to Kendra and say, "Listen, Pastor Rich said." <laughs> Um, hey, Rich Cook, before we go, let's throw out a shout-out to your former partner in crime, Jake Goff. Shout-out to you, Jake Goff. Shout-out to Jake Goff. <sighs> Love you, buddy. I'm, a, I'm actually pouring out a little bit of uh, orange juice on the floor right now in his memory. Well, don't pour out too much. No, no, no. He like wouldn't it. want you to be wasteful. All right, Rich Cook, thank you for being with us today. And good luck in future bedtimes. Thank you. I, I, I sincerely appreciate that, and I wish I wish the same good fortune upon you, Matthew Pierce. <laughs> this podcast has no internal logic. Okay. Okay, I forgot about that point. All right. There is no off position on the homeschool switch. <laughs>